Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Pain is temporary. It may last for a minute, or an hour, or a day, or even a year. But eventually, it will subside, and something else will take its place. If I quit, however, it will last forever. Good morning, everybody. We are back. Warriors of the good. Love is still in the air, I hope, as Valentine's Day was yesterday. Hope everyone enjoyed that holiday, enjoyed their time with their significant other, their lover. Um, We are back, Warriors of the Good. We have a fantastic episode in store for you all. Another interviewer. We will break that down in the latter half of the show in our interview segment. We have a new word of the day, February 15th. Warriors of the good, we are rolling, folks. Remember, our new mission here, we want to try to connect with the community. We want to hear from you. And by hearing from you, we will be able to, you know, make this show towards your needs. And hopefully, you guys will continue to engage with us uh, and interact with us uh, week in and week out. So let's keep on rolling. A happy Friday to you all. A good morning to you all. The weather is quite nice, fantastic out on this beautiful Friday morning. The weekend is upon us. Just one more day, folks. You can get through it. Corey Ponerolo alongside Stephen J. Fenton. Steve, welcome back, partner. Another episode of Warriors of the Good ready to be launched on all platforms. We have another great episode in store. And I know you're very excited about this upcoming word of the day and what our interviewer is going to provide for us later on the show. Love is in the air, my partner. Love is in the air. You know, uh, Valentine's Day, um, a holiday that you have some people that really enjoy and a holiday that some people really don't enjoy. But the truth is this, as cliche as somebody may think uh, Valentine's Day is or as, um, let's call it, traditional as a holiday as such as Valentine is this, it's all based around a word or a feeling that is of the warrior of the good and of the warrior of life, and that is love. That's why love is in the air. So no matter what, if you enjoy Valentine's Day and you buy the roses and the chocolates and the candies, um, or if you don't enjoy Valentine's Day, which means that you celebrate your Valentine's Day Every single day of the year. And you don't need one day to do it. It doesn't matter, folks. Folks, it doesn't matter because love is in the air. And no matter it is, if it's a significant other, it could be a parent. It could be a friend. Folks, it could be a dog. The feeling of love is from inside. And it's one thing that you can't prove to anybody. 
There's no physical way of proving how you love somebody. That's why love is in the air and you don't have to prove anything. So I hope everybody keeps love Valentine's Day for the rest of their days all through the way. Could not say it better myself, partner. And a fun fact, you stop by a local CVS or Walgreens, whatever it may be, that chocolate may be on sale, folks. So take <laughs> advantage while you can. I know I will be, definitely for sure. I have to grab some for my mother as well, some more, because she is a big, big sweet gal. I know she'll love some Almond Joys if I can get them on sale. But we have a word of the day for you. Let's keep this train rolling. Let's shift the gears here. Word of the day, and this is going to be a great format that we have for you going forward for this particular word of the day. We found a fantastic article on Forbes.com written by their one of their contributors, Jeff Boss. Fantastic article. Steve and I were talking prior to hopping on for this podcast earlier. Fantastic information and really going to help us kind of hit the nail on the head with the ideas <laughs> of what our word of the day contains, uh, the definitions, what it means, and how it can play a part to becoming a warrior of the good. So here it is, folks, word of the day, humble. Huh, what does it mean to be humble? Well, folks, humble people can receive a bad rap. And sometimes people kind of get misconstrued on what the true definition and what it means to be humble. You know, humble people are quite the opposite um, of the idea where, you know, confidence and competence is in themselves, but as a result, they seek to actually help others by doing so. And this is another great connection um, that I always like to – I had in mind prefacing this show is that when – let's say in a relationship stage, and let's say you're interested in a significant other, and you say to yourself, you know, you don't want to come across as a jerk, but you want to have confidence in yourself when you're going to approach someone. But – now, you can either be confident in doing so, or you can be cocky in doing so. And let's say you introduce yourself, and the significant other says and gives you a very nice compliment back. There's route A, you can respond by saying, I know I'm good looking. That would be a cocky response. The other response, response B, which could be a confidence, more humble response, can be, huh, well, I have my dad to thank for that one. Well, I, can, I have my mom to thank for that one. Folks, there's two ways you can perceive yourself in being confident, whether it's confidence, cockiness, but at the end of the day, to find that goodness inside you and whether you receive a compliment, whatever the instance may be, by being humble and identifying what it means to be humble is very important. It's going to help you grow and eventually develop into becoming a warrior of the good. So, Steve, 
let's turn over to this article. So I think it's really great. And I hope that my analogy kind of almost got you guys in the mindset of what we're kind of going to be talking about here. Because there's much more to what my analogy provided between confidence and cockiness. Being humble, there's a lot more that comes with it. And if you can channel that, <laughs> that's just another step in becoming a warrior of the good. So, see, I'm going to turn to you, over to you now with the first habit of humble people as written by Jeff Boss, a contributor of Forbes.com. There are 13 habits of humble people. And, folks, what we're going to do here is almost like a rapid fire. I'm going to provide Steve the first habit. And he's going to give his thoughts. He may agree. He may have a different twist. He may disagree. But at the end of the day, you know, we collaboratively both have, with being warriors of the good already, some of the same, you know, agreements and ideas. And, hey, Steve may say something and I may disagree. Yeah, that's part of the show. But at the end of the day, it's all for, you know, constructive criticism and who knows, it could be a question that you may disagree with. And for us to almost kind of go back and forth with one another to see, you know, our thinking behind certain topics throughout could be awesome and really great uh, learning experience for both of us and even you guys. So, Steve, let's start it off. Enough of me talking. Let's turn the tables over here. The first habit of humble people is that they're situationally aware. What are your thoughts on this? Do you agree? Do you disagree of humble people being situationally aware? Partner, you can never talk too much. <laughs> say that. That's what, that's what I love being on this podcast with you. You're a, you're a true warrior of the good, and you're spreading so much goodness to people out there. Folks, uh, I was actually really uh, excited for today's word. It uh, kind of jumped at me just about, um, I don't know, I'd say about few weeks ago, I was having a conversation with my wife, and we were talking about this word in itself, and we were talking about um, attention, and it had a lot to do with my coaching career, um, and it's kind of led to uh, the first thing, which is they're situationally aware, um, and we were talking about how in my coaching career, which I might shift into a different direction of it, but um, a lot of the, the highs that I get from coaching, and a lot of the highs lots of people get from coaching, which truth is, for those people out there that are in leadership positions, not just coaching positions, is that these highs that I'm going to speak about, they come and they turn into power, which goes back to how Corey before prefaced about confidence versus cockiness. Because then one of the natural highs from coaching is the fact that kids, students, people listen to me. Now, they're listening to me because they have to. They're on the team. They want to have playtime, whatever their choices are, whatever their situation is. But. In time, I don't take that situation that they're in and abuse it into power. I want them to listen to me because they want to. And that is what drives my work ethic. That's a situational awareness for me to know that I work so hard. I don't even care. And I said this so many times to my players, and I know you're listening, to my former players that are in college playing right now. To my players that just graduated, that I know you're listening. I've said it so many times. I don't care if we win or lose this game. And I've said that at some big games. Big games. We're 
about to play in some big-time games going after trophies. And I'm looking at them, and I said, I don't care if you win or lose. I want you to do it right. That's me being aware of my situation, trying to get them to want to listen to me. Not because I want them to like me, because I want them to work hard, and I want them to learn what it is. That, to me, when I started talking about that and saying, because I was, uh, first preface is for to my wife about, you know, I might not end up in like the coaching hall of fame. I might, when I leave, if I, if I ever leave coaching, people are going to forget about me so quick. And that, that, that hurt, that hurt my ego. Just like Corey said before. And first said, the first thoughts that came to my head were like, Oh my gosh, do I need that? And my wife said, no, you don't. And I looked at her back and said, I absolutely don't. And I said, why is that? And she said, because Steven, you're humble. And it was like lightning hit me. It was like the, the clouds opened up. It was like the sun came, the rainbow came. Everything you could think of that was beautiful because I understood it's inside of me because it's an emotional feeling that's inside of me. The situational awareness that you're looking for, folks, no matter what situation it is, I just use coaching as my example. It's inside of you. It's internal. If you can do that, that's one of the habits that Jeff Boss was talking about in being humble. So let me go on to number two habit that Jeff Boss was talking about. As we go back and forth in here, telling about the 13 habits of being humble. This one's for you, Corey. And it is humble people, they retain relationships. What do you got for me, partner? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with habit number two in retaining relationships. And I truly believe that um, it is very difficult to make everybody happy and although you may upset people in in the decisions that you make you're not maliciously you know seeking out to maybe hurt that person's feelings uh, upset them in any way sometimes you know you're juggling a lot of things in life and it's hard to maintain all these relationships but by retaining them is definitely something that a humble person has the opportunity uh, to do. And, you know, with being humble and having the opportunity, whether it is from a working perspective, uh, from just a friend perspective, to have these relationships and being able to nurture them is definitely, you know, a compliment to the person that you are on how a specific, specifically speaking, someone so humble can maintain all these relationships. And these people are having trust in you. Um, and they believe in the person you are. And by having, you know, relationships, it shows that you are a good person, Steve. So I do agree with habit number two wholeheartedly. I think it's um, a great concept, kind of like we said, in that, you know, all of these habits have ties with the idea of humble and being humble in humbleness. I'm not sure if that is an adjective, but it sounds like one, so I'll roll with it. Um, But let's turn to habit number three, partner. Jeff Boss states that humble people, they make difficult decisions with ease. Agree or disagree, my friend? Well, partner... 
this is a tough one because the the first thought that goes to my head and any one of you folks listening out their head is to say, yeah, of course I agree. To be humble is to make this difficult decisions with ease. Absolutely. The truth is, the realistic truth is, the practical, realistic thing that, folks, we need to remember is that that is not easy. Decisions are difficult. Ease is what we want. So in a theory, Jeff Boss was talking about a humble person can do this and should do this. And somebody who almost masters the skill of humble. Absolutely. But that's the word master right there. There's a book out there called 10,000 Hours to Master Any Skill. It could be physical, mental, emotional, or social. You need to have 10,000 hours within that skill. People usually give up somewhere at about 1,200. That's 1,200. That's so many hours or as I call them in coaching and all my players, if you're listening, which I know you are, you're going to love this. Reps, reps, reps. I have one of my players in my mind right now, as I said that over and over, just snapping his finger. Reps, reps. You only get better with reps. 10,000 reps, I would say, all the time. It was based on that book, 10,000 Hours. Because decisions are very difficult to make. Now, here's the part that I do agree with. And I've preached this and I've said this, and I've taught this. And I'm going to tell you, folks, this is a, one of the best things. This is one of the deepest core parts about being a warrior of the good. Trust your gut. Now, where does your gut come from? Your gut comes from life experience, from life reps, from life hours. Those 10,000 hours in your life, that's where your gut comes from. Trust it. Now, if you can somehow... Find that balance, which we've talked about in podcast after podcast, then when you become into a time of a difficult decision and you have that balance, you're going to make that difficult decision with ease. But that's not something that just happens right away. That's why I disagree with it, but I agree with it in theory. It is something humble people need, but it needs to be practiced with a tremendous amount of work. Now, partner, as we move forward, so uh, Jeff Boss said in habit number four, I'd like to hear your input on habit number four, which <clears throat> Jeff Boss said, agree or disagree that humble people put others first. I, I think this is, this should be habit number one, in my opinion. Um, as someone who I carry and believe myself to be a very humble person, a kind hearted person, I'm always first to put others first in my life. Um, and there's an actually an interesting quote um, by former uh, coach of the Louisville Cardinals, uh, Cardinals of college basketball, Rick Pitino, uh, that follows the um, habit, excuse me, that they put others first. It states, humility is a true key to success. Successful people lose their way at times. They often embrace and overindulge from the fruits of success. Humility halts this arrogance and self-indulging trap. Humble people share the credit and wealth, remaining focused and hungry to continue the journey of success. Uh, I'm going to turn uh, this concept uh, into two different kind of paths that 
kind of come together uh, at the end of what I have to kind of say in regards to the, uh, the idea of the habit of putting others first. Um, like I said, yes, humble people, they do so. But one person, you know, could say that they got to where they were in life um, by themselves. They did it without any help. I, eh, pump the brakes. Uh, I think everyone is impacted by someone throughout their journey that's helped them become, let's say, successful. Uh, I credit, you know, mentors along the way. Uh, I think my parents have really molded me into the way I am. Uh, My partner on this podcast, Steve Fenton, has been a great mentor in my life. And people that I've learned from consider them, you know, I I guess let's say in in terms of this podcast, you know, you know, my army. And you can't win a battle alone. And you have to have people in your corner, people fighting the good fight with you. And it's similar to, let's say, Steve, I think you may even want to touch on this. Uh, Even I know we're in like a little rapid fire breakdown of the idea and where they about being humble. But but being a sports team, uh, you can have one of the best players in the country of volleyball on your roster. But that one person on the team can't do it alone. And whether that person has to make sacrifices to, you know, put maybe one of the not the strongest player on the team, but sacrificing, you know, a play on their end to, let's say, set up that fourth best player on the team to make a game winning play. That's not only being a good leader, but that shows a humble leader uh, in the presence, whether it's on the volleyball court, um, in the real world. Um, But yet again, number four, putting others first is definitely a key to rather, excuse me, a habit of humble people. And without a doubt in my mind, Steve, that is something that one has to possess uh, in order to even consider themselves uh, being humble. So uh, any, you know, thing that you want to say in regards to similar, because I know with you being a coach for volleyball, that may be, you know, a perfect example of, you know, what does occur on and off the court. I say it all the time, folks, to my players out there. Like I've said before, I know they're listening, because they, not just because they support coach, which I know they do, but they're more curious. We'll get to that later in the humble you're only as good as the person to your left and your and your right. You're only as good as the person to your left and your right. Now, my game, volleyball, very similar to many games. It's not like all games. It's a team game. It is the ultimate team game. You can't do something without somebody else. You might have the most physically talented volleyball player. They can't do anything without the person to their left and to their right. Physically in the game, they cannot contact the ball three times in a row. They need people. That's why they have to learn. And like Patino said, they have to put others first. They have to learn, no matter their physical skill, but if you can put somebody's emotional strength, mental strength, social strength, even their physical strength, and weaknesses 
You're only as good as the people to your left and to your right. That's putting people first from a coaching standpoint. And you could take that to anything in your life. I'm only as good as the person to my left. And that would be my partner. That's why our podcast thrives. And that's why putting others first is so important to being humble. There you have it. Couldn't agree more, Steve. And that's, like I said, that could be one of the number one habits, if anything. If you struggle to, I guess, master some of these habits, you know, this is the one you want to try to master out of the 13 if you can. I think it's such an important thing to do. And, hey, let's keep it rolling. Such great insight, Steve. Like I said, couldn't say it better myself. Number five, I believe we are on of 13. Very simple, but there is a lot more behind it than the idea of habit number five. Jeff Gross says, humble people listen, Steve. They listen. And it's not just, you know, listening to this podcast and, you know, just listening to music. There's a little bit more of a deeper meaning of they listen. What is that meaning, Steve? Simplicity is usually the most powerful key. So listening. What Jeff Boss said for a humble person in habit number five, listening is one of the most important keys to your health. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we're in a world, especially no matter where we're in, I mean, we're in the East Coast. Everybody's in a rush here. Everybody. Whether you're on the car or on the phone, talking, no matter what, we're all in a rush. I'm telling you right now, listening is one of the most humbling skills and skills that can lead you towards becoming balanced. And balanced is the key when you're at peace. And peace means when stress comes, you're not going to panic, that you're going to be able to handle it. That's what it's about. And listening, don't wait your turn to talk. Don't sit there and just wait. Listen. It's called active listening. That doesn't mean you regurgitate what they say and just say it back. That means you have authentic feelings, authentic words, authentic things to tell them, that you show them empathy, that you show them love about what they just said. doesn't mean you have to believe it. What means is you have to show love towards it. That's why listening, and it will only help you because I've said this before in podcasts, and I'll say it again, and my, my players out there can hear it again. There is no such thing as a bad coach unless they're physically hurting you because even those coaches out there that mentally and emotionally abuse you, guess what? You're learning from them not what to do. And when you get your chance to get in a position of coaching, that could be anything. That could be parenting. That could be teaching. That could be leadership. That could be anything. You're not going to do what was done to you. That's why that good rep, it's a good rep to have. Is it bad? Is it hurt? Absolutely. But you're listening to what they should not do and what you should not do moving forward. Absolutely agree with what Jeff Boss said in number five habit. Let's move forward to number six, partner. Jeff Boss says that humbling people They're curious. What do you think about that, partner? Agree or disagree? Partner, I think this one is very unique as well. And they do say that curiosity did kill the cat. But um, I think that humble people are curious. I do agree. Because if you aren't curious in life, then in my humble opinion, you're not thinking 
and you're not interested in learning and seeing how different experiences in life can either better or maybe not have as, as an, a significant impact in your life. And without being curious, you'll never know. Um, and if we kind of rewind to the idea of curiosity killed the cat, you know, you hear that saying once, you may think, oh, that's, that's not, you know, curiosity is going to lead you to getting killed. That's kind of a hyperbole, folks. But being curious, for an instance, if you know, you're interested in learning, you know, learning about something, maybe it's for your career or just in general, you know, maybe picking up a new habit um, and you go to try, you know, this new idea, whatever it may be. You don't know if it's going to be beneficial for you. You're not going to know if you're going to love it. You're not going to know if you're going to hate it. But you can't make that decision unless you give the world. And by doing so, I think that identify, you know, kind of brings it all together, the idea of being curious. And I would definitely agree. Humble people with, you know, being curious. And it kind of ties in with, you know, the other habits we've been talking about, whether it's about, you know, being a good listener, putting others first. Uh, making difficult decisions with ease, that overall can be categorized in what it means to be a humble person. And with that, no doubt in my mind, Steve, with habit number six, being curious is definitely something that a humble person possesses. And let's keep it rolling. Let's shift gears. Number seven, habit number seven. Jeff Gross believes that humble people speak their minds. They're not afraid to say what's on their mind and say it with their chest. Do you agree or disagree, partner? Uh, well, partner, if you said that putting others should have been number one, I'm telling you right now, folks, that speaking their minds should be number two. I'm going to tell you, I learned this valuable skill from the person who I have found the absolute most confident, balanced, and humble person. And I get to live with this person every day, and that would be my wife. Now, I'm not here to just give a shout-out to her and just tell the world, because I know she's my wife, and people could say you're saying that because you live with her, you've grown with her, and she's your wife. But I'm telling you right now, this woman is somebody who has taught me that in a world we live in, it is okay to not hide behind a technological email or a text, to not hide behind conversation, which turns into gossip and rumor, that if there is something that you have to say that is of value, when I say value, I'm not talking about hurting people. I'm not talking about trying to say something and to hurt someone's feelings to get ahead. I'm not talking about things to hurt their character. I'm talking about something that you feel is strong. An opinion, something on your mind. A humble person is able to speak their mind and because they're not concerned with what others are going to change their opinion. And who are you living this life for? To keep yourself safe from others? Or are you living this life to live your life to the fullest? Are you a warrior of the good for you? Or are you a warrior of the good for someone else? Folks, you need to be the warrior of the good for yourself. And that is not a selfish thing. That's why I think it's number two. And I think it's a great thing that Jeff Buss put on. 
his 13 habits. Let's move on. I believe we're on number eight, Corey. Is that correct? That is correct. So you tell me, partner, number eight, what Jeff Foss says. Agree or disagree? A humble person may take the time to say thank you. Ooh, absolutely. Uh, With no doubt in my mind, this kind of summarizes just the idea. This is what you learn in preschool, folks. And this is something that... You know, I, you know, one thing that I have ingrained in my mind and it's just a natural habit for me, whether I'm uh, at work, going to work, uh, at a shopping mall, walking into, you know, a McDonald's, whatever it may be, if there is someone behind me, man, woman, whoever it may be, um, I will open the door for them and just allow them to go walk in in front of me. I would say 75% of the time I receive a thank you. Am I do? Am I opening the door for a thank you? No. And 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 that's not where I want our fellow listeners to think why I, you know, perform such acts of kindness because I want to hear a thank you. That's not why I do. I I just it's a natural goodness feeling that I receive when I do that. I feel good whether I get a thank you or I don't receive a thank you, but. You would ex- you would expect that percentage of thank you to nearly be a hundred percent. It's not. Um, it's unfortunate, but no matter what, it if you're in school, if you're asking you know a manager questions, however many questions you ask, you can never say thank you enough, folks. Get that and ingrained in your mind, and I promise you that will lead you and provide goodness in your everyday life if you ingrain that habit, which I think it should be the easiest habit amongst all of these that we're talking about. Say thank you. You don't even have to say necessarily say thank you to anyone in particular. Say thank you, uh, Lord, for letting me see another day. Thank you for the life I've been provided. You don't have to say it to anybody. You can say thank you to yourself. Two words that carry one of the most important meanings, I would say, in this entire universe. That is habit eight. Let's keep it rolling. Habit nine, Steve. Partner, habit number nine by Mr. Gross reads, humble people. This is going to be very good to explain for our listeners. They have an abundance mentality. Steve, what does that mean for our listeners? Can you go in depth and is this something that a humble person does possess? Well, this is a shout out to one of my students that I coached for three seasons under my wing, started as a sophomore and worked her way up to a senior, and that's my student, Rachel. This is a shout-out to you, Rachel, because you have exactly this trait of a humble person, an abundance mentality. I've said this so many times, and you are probably one of the only students who's picked this philosophy up for yourself, not because you have to, but because you wanted to, as I described before, an abundance mentality. 
This is the statement I've said. Sometimes you need to lose to win. You see, folks, in life, when you're trying to be a warrior of the good, it's all about the win. It's all about that instant gratification. In the game of volleyball, they just want to get the point. They don't care how they do it. They just want the point. Let the other team make the error. Half of the points scored in high school girls and boys volleyball is on the opponent's error, and yet we cheer for it. We're cheering for something that we did not earn. It's called an unforced error in volleyball. And yet that what happens is these coaches, they reinforce it like that's the greatest thing in the world. That is completely a false statement towards the balance of hard work and the ethic of work of learning to do it right. It's harder to do it right. It's easier to go for the win. That's an abundance mentality. That's what my student Rachel adopted. She went through that type of training. She wants to do it right. And if a kid who is 15 when I met her and trained so hard to become that within her life, if a child, a student, somebody who's not even an adult yet can do it, folks, you can do it. Rachel, my student, is a prime example of what having an abundance mentality is, and I'm proud to call myself her coach. I only wish you could all meet her, not just watch her play the game of volleyball, rather watch her play the game of life because she's a one percenter. And a shout-out to you, Rachel, for having that abundance mentality and helping me help others teach that to the world on Warriors of the Good podcast. So, partner, let's move forward to number 10. As Jeff Boss said, humble person they start their sentences with you rather than i agree or disagree? absolutely agree and this again kind of goes back and ties in with the idea of you could say taking the time to say thank you um but they start sentences with you rather than i because this goes to and there's no you know I don't think it's a bad thing to start sentences with I you know, you can let's say for example you know I believe I can do this you know I aspire to be this I think that's great it's good to set goals you know I have a dream but when it comes to let's say molding to the person that you become the people that have taught you right from wrong. The other day, uh, yesterday, uh, to be exact, I was at the Seton Hall University basketball game. And for those, um, just a refresher, my professional career, um, I went into the sports world. And I currently am um, working for the National Basketball Association in the Big East Conference. I uh, would not trade it for the world. The experiences are fantastic. And I saw at the game my old boss, his name is Tom Chen, who I ran into. And at the end of the game, when we were kind of saying our goodbyes, he said, he told me, I'm very proud of the successes, um, you know, that you were accomplishing uh, this, that, and the third. And I said, it, it's thanks to you. You know, he gave me the opportunity to get involved in the athletic communications department at Seton Hall University. He allowed for me to grow. Um, and shout out as well to uh, Robert Mullen, uh, Adam Satz, Matthew Sweeney, who were also part of the athletic communications staff in which I worked at Seton Hall University. That has allowed me to grow and to 
the consummate professional I am today. But, um, you know, I had him to thank. I had to thank him because he was the one that groomed me and taught me what I had to know to be successful, you know, where I am today. I didn't do that myself. I didn't teach myself the ropes. He taught me that. And as a result, humble people start their sentences with you rather than I. I think that's a, you know, a great example that I can provide, which kind of sums up, I believe, which was habit number 10 um, and characteristics that make somebody humble. Uh, so, Steve, let's keep it rolling. Number 11, trait number 11, they accept feedback. I think this is a fantastic one as we hit the home stretch here. Um, and, you know, with being even a coach, too, you know, providing feedback, whether it's a teacher or a student, I'm sure you have some great things to say about this. Oh, yeah, Corey. Um, teaching, coaching, which truthfully, folks, ties together. I mean, any – any great coach can tell you that they are first a teacher. So the reason I'm kind of prefacing this one with that Jeff Boss said about, I believe, humble in fact, number 11, I think we're on. Feedback is the key to reflection. So when you finish your – when I finish my lesson or I finish my practice or my game, any coach, any teacher will go back and they'll reflect. It doesn't have to be in the teaching field that does that, too. It could be in a business. You had a business meeting. It could be uh, It could be with a partner that you're working with at your job you know, as a scientist trying to figure out a solution to something. It could be anything. You need to hear feedback. The problem is, is that people, when they try to listen to feedback, sometimes – as Corey prefaced this way in the beginning of this podcast, people's cockiness, ego gets in the way that they don't want to hear or listen to that feedback, and they think they know it all. Now, the truth is, feedback is everywhere. I can tell you very quick, I had an athletic director one of my first years at the coaching position that I'm currently at, very prestigious positions, as I explained before. One of my first years there, Got a phone call, had to come in, had to sit down with the administration. Very, very difficult situation. I was accused of something that was extremely difficult to hear. It was false. Through the entire situation and investigation, I couldn't even understand why it was happening to me. Why me? Why was this happening? Why was somebody saying something about me that was so untrue? And I'm going to tell you, folks, as I came out of that and reflected, the feedback that I received from the people who worked with me, my administration, helped me grow in future situations as a coach. And I would have never received that if I wasn't able to reflect from a situation that was so difficult. So as Jeff Boss said for number 11, I absolutely agree that feedback, feedback, is one of the best things a humble person can do. So, partner, let's move forward to number 12. Almost there, folks. I know this is a little lengthy, but I think it's extremely important, especially given some feedback about Jeff Boss's Forbes article. A humble person, they assume responsibility. What do you think, partner? Absolutely. Uh, throughout your life, folks, you have to learn to face the music. Uh, you can't find a way to blame somebody 
something for something that you, know, you may have dropped the ball on. There's a lot of learning experiences throughout my life where, you know, you got to take responsibility for sometimes it's okay to be ashamed to be taking a responsibility for something. Folks, let's be honest. You may be get caught cheating on an exam or a test in school and you get caught. Yeah, it's definitely not the right thing to do. But you don't say, oh, well, Tommy, you know, Tommy was cheating first or Tommy cheated too. Folks, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> no one cares about Tommy. I remember one time, I, you know what, why not? Let's spill the beans right now. I got caught cheating, supposedly, at Eisenhower School in sixth grade on a spelling spelling test. That was no a terrible. Way. Believe it or not, I was caught cheating. I wasn't a good speller. I had um, a paper, like a sticky note um, underneath my folder just in case uh, I needed to reference that to spell the word and I went to pull the sticky note out and I was accused by a fellow student that I was caught cheating and my teacher Mrs. Hamps at the time was retired hopefully she doesn't tune into this podcast because I was I was denying this to all the way home and she was saying you know, you know, why'd you cheat? I was like, I, I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. What? I didn't cheat. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, I went home to my mom and told her the story. And I was like, well, you know, Tommy was cheating first. You know, I, 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 Dan, it was Dan's idea too. She said, I don't give a rip about Tommy. I don't give a rip about Dan. You're the one who did it. And at that moment in time, look, folks, I, terrible decision on my part i learned from it i grow from it but i took responsibility at the end of the day initially i didn't i'll admit i didn't do it i was a young seed and i was looking for some some water to grow and my mom did just that growing forward these are things you learn from and i can still learn from things and you know at my age i bet steve would agree that even at his age he can still learn and take responsibility for some things where you drop, drop the ball on or ah, you know what shouldn't have done it my bad won't happen again that is the part those are the growing pains that make you stronger and what ultimately make a warrior of the good folks number 13 before we transition to our interview which i will set up momentarily last but not least steve Capital Law Force, my friend, they ask for help. Do humble people ask for help? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Why so? The game is tied. Not to put this just on volleyball. It's 24-24. We need to, the, the volleyball, you need to win by two. It's your turn to serve. You've got to hit the next point. That's my lead-in to our final number 13. They ask for help. A humble person will never stop learning. You said it before, Corey, and you kind of mentioned it over to me. At my age, at my point in my career, at the point that I'm at in my life, absolutely not. I'm always hungry. I'm 
always hungry. I'm always looking to learn. I look to learn in every situation, which is one of the reasons I listen so much, which is one of the reasons I assume responsibility, which is one of the reasons I say thank you, which is one of the reasons that I am able to speak my mind because I'm curious. These are all reasons because I ask for help. You need to have people in your life that are called resources. These are people that you can go to, people that you trust, that have earned the value of you going to them. Of course you need those people. I have them. Corey's got them. We all have them. And folks, I encourage you to build them, and I encourage you to not overbuild them. Keep it small. Keep it simple. You, Of course you ask them for help, but the truth is that's not the only help out there. Sometimes the experience you're in, when you're mindful in the present moment, life is offering you help. And if you simply just become mindful, you can listen and learn from life about what it is. And you can ask life for your help. Other people call that God. Other people call that a higher power. Whatever you call it, it's there. Just ask for it. Because you do not have all the answers. Nobody does. All the answers are out there, but we keep fighting to find them. And that's why we're warriors of the good. Folks, there you have it. Couldn't say it better myself. 13 habits that, well, if you're looking to be a more humble person, and both Steve and I believe it is a very important piece and characteristic trait, whatever you want to call it, and becoming a warrior of the good. Uh, we hope that that kind of broke down different scenarios in which one can demonstrate and portray humble humbleness. I'm going to use that word. I got to double check that in a Webster dictionary and see if that's a word. But definitely great stuff by Jeff Gross again in regards to that Forbes article. I really think it drove home our point there. And now, folks. Let's shift gears to this. As promised by Steve and I, we promised you, the fans, more interviews. We promised to continue to get in touch with the community. That's what the new goal of Warriors of the Good is. Reach out to the community. See what questions you have. See what we can do to help better your guys' life day in and day out. We strive to keep that promise when we are doing so by bringing and welcoming our guest here today on Warriors of the Good. She is a certified national board <coughs> counselor from Monroe Middle School, better known as my beloved sister, Nicole Ponerolo. Welcome to Warriors of the Good. Thank you so much for hopping on our podcast and shedding some great insight and perspective on everyday life. Um, so, Nikki, I will turn it over to you for a little bit. Feel free to introduce yourself, um, talk about your career, um, your path to how you got to your career, um, and just let our fans get to know you a little bit more. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I want to say thank you for having me. I think this is a really great opportunity for me to share um, a lot what goes on, I think, um, especially as a counselor in a school setting. You have the opportunity to really change so many kids' lives and adults as well. And so it's a really powerful 
powerful uh, opportunity, and I really I'm very grateful for it. I think um, in terms of what brought me to that career, I guess you could say, truly, I feel as though it was a calling, as cliche as that may sound, um, in terms of, I believe... That is my own way of being a warrior for the good um, in terms of wanting to help others become their best selves and starting at the uh, middle school level, I guess you could say. That's awesome. Um, and Nikki, one, two kind of thing, just to almost how this kind of comes full circle with our show as well. Um, and, you know, our you know motto of warriors of the good is to, you know, help better and help those fight the battle. Uh, each and every day. Um, and whether you are older and whether you're, you are younger, you know, there's always going to be a learning experience, a learning curve. And if you learn some of these techniques uh, and practices as a young adult or someone in middle school, for example, hopefully this can groom you on a path to where hopefully, you know, they can develop into a kind-hearted person and eventually strive and seek goodness in their heart um, and hopefully maybe spread that goodness to other people's hearts. So salute to you for, you know, having the patience um, and being able to guide these students on that warrior of the good path, path rather, and almost handing them off to Steve and I, hopefully grooming them even further. Uh, That is our goal. So just even... Uh, what we have for you here, Nikki, is just a couple questions that both Steve and I came up with, uh, three in total. So hopefully we're not taking up um, a lot of your time, so we really appreciate that. Um, So Steve, I'm going to turn the floor over to you so you can ask Nikki your first question. And I'm sure with you working in a school district um, as well, you probably have a lot of similar connections and can almost relate to certain, certain situations uh, maybe how, you know, some children operate um, and some of the mindsets of these children, you know, going forward as they do grow up um, and eventually turn into adults. So the floor is yours, my friend, for a question uh, for Nikki Ponerolo, our National Board Certified Counselor from Monroe Middle School. Thank you, partner. Thank you. And uh, Nikki, it's an honor to have you on our uh, podcast. Uh, oh, thanks. And uh, yeah, joining in on the um, the spreading of the warrior of the goods of the of the people of the world that we're just trying to get them to open up that that goodness inside of everybody because everybody everybody has the opportunity to do that and to kind of preface or kind of continue what Corey mentioned it's as an educator for the past eighteen years it's truly an honor to have somebody like you. Aww. You, you, and the type of human that you are, with the with the, the spirit that you have, it's an honor to have you helping our youth in our in our world to be able to send people out into our world and knowing you as a person and as a former student of our school, it's an honor for me to share the educational battlefield with you. Uh, Thank you. That really, that really means a lot to me. You know, I, I truly love my job and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And so it's, you know, they say when you find something you love, you don't work a day in your life. And I, I do believe that. I mean, there are some days it definitely does feel um, like work, but uh, mostly it's, it's a phenomenal experience. Great. So let me begin my, my questions for you, uh, Nikki, with, uh, yeah. 
You're currently a school counselor in a middle school. Is that correct? Yes. Um, so therefore, you're obviously working with the students either one-on-one or in a small group right? or whole group setting in order to help them grow work on social skills, etc. Is that correct? Yes. Um, so my question is, what would you say is one of the hot topics that comes up with the population of students in your building currently today? That's a great question. I think that the needs from student to student definitely vary, um, not only across, I guess you could say, gender, but also across grade level. But one of the most common, I feel, concerns for students is almost their sense of self. Um, and I know that they, that may sound a bit profound, but in the society that we're at, students, I feel, compare themselves not only to their peers, to their siblings, to their classmates, but also with the access to the internet and social media now. I really, I really find that students constantly compare themselves to everyone around them, and they don't really give themselves a chance to grow. Or flourish. Um, a lot of students I I work with, they they don't see themselves as their full potential. They don't see what we see them as educators. Um, they are really kind of I feel always trying to kind of work uphill, if that if that makes sense. And it's it's my job to kind of just help them recognize to kind of enjoy where they're at and to know that, you know, growing takes time and it takes work and that everything in life is temporary and we're, you know, we're in middle school. And so there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. But my, you know, my advice that I give, I would say most often um, to them is that you can't pour from an empty cup Mm. and, I find that kids are really kind of burning the candle at both ends, trying to be the best athlete or scholar. And they're not really recognizing taking care of themselves. And they're really kind of riddled with uh, feelings of anxiousness. And, you know, it's, I really think that it's because we live in such an instant gratification society, um, you know, where kids, they're just constantly comparing themselves. You know, it's um, really uh, great that you you phrased it. You, and I, to be honest with you, I, I've never heard it phrased that way when you said sense of self. Because, you know, ultimately when we started this concept to be able to uh, have an opportunity to speak to um, people and listeners out there, the truth is, and we've, we've said this many times, uh, Nikki, to our listeners and folks, I'm going to say it again, and we're going to say it again. Even after this podcast, Corey and I are not claiming to be any experts. We're not trying to tell people that we know uh, more than others. All we're doing is saying that we, we are warriors of the good. And because we believe in that, our quote unquote sense of self, we have kind of been able to find that. And it's been, it's been great that you said that because the truth is that being an educator myself, knowing that that passion you have, Nikki, as a school counselor and 
wanting to get that sense of self in every single student that passes through your office. Yeah. It is that that is that is that is a, a passion and a and a fire that probably burns deep inside of you. And the hardest thing for you to accept is that you're going to have to move forward knowing you weren't able to reach every single one. So my question to you, my follow-up question to you is this. Okay. Since you talked about sense of self, yeah. and I kind of talked about how Corey and I have taken that sense of self for ourselves and turned it into something we're enjoying. And then I said to you, not everybody leaves with that sense of self or comes to that realization in their life. Right. With working with minds, whether you reach them or not, whether you get to their sense of self or not, right. what can you tell our listeners who are now could be ranging from students currently working with you all the way to 70 to 80 year old adults? What can you tell our listeners that they can take away from all of those experiences that you have with those students about teaching that? What can you tell our listeners, whether they found their sense of self or not, that can help them find their own sense of self in their life? I think that your sense of self is definitely multifaceted. Um, You know that there are, I want to say that every day is an opportunity for you to almost display a different version of yourself. Um, And you always want to live your, you always want to live your best self. And I think that regardless of the age that you are, if you can say at the end of the day that you are proud or happy with how that day went, I think that it will weigh less heavy on you. Um, You know, we are constantly faced with interactions, whether it be uh, disagreements amongst friends, peers, family members, siblings, shout out to my brother. Um, You know, that I think that if you take a moment and realize that this is something that is going to reflect on you. Are you going to be proud of it? Um, and so I think your sense of self is something that you want to be proud of. And so every action that you have is an opportunity to continue to develop your sense of self. You know, whether you're 12 or like you said, 78, you can still impact the lives of others. And through being your best self, you can kind of really influence others to do the same. Uh, it's incredible word you use proud of, uh, folks. I want to give a little bit of a future, um, or something to look forward to on our podcast. That is actually going to be a, one of our word of the days coming up very soon. That has a very, very dear meaning with me personally, but talking about that word proud real quick, shout out before I pass it over to you, Corey, to both your parents, Mr. And Mrs. Ponderella, who I know are very loyal listeners, you have done an incredible job raising two incredible human beings in this oh, world. What a shout out. Thank and you. I wanted to say as an educator, as a coach, more importantly, as a human, I wanted to say thank you. Aww. Because any parent's job, all they want to do is to feel proud of their children. And I'm telling you right now, Mr. and Mrs. Ponderello, as an outsider completely, 
I'm proud to know your children. So, Corey, Nicole, it's been great talking to you. Corey, I'd like to pass it over to you. And let's finish uh, continue. Very humbling words, Steve. Thank you very much. Um, That truly means the world. Uh, Nikki, just on, excuse me, my question um, in regards to, I guess you could say on the children in your school, and maybe this can even um, pertain to those uh, even older. It doesn't really set an age limit, but I guess for the sake of this question, we'll um, use maybe middle schoolers that you do deal with. Um, So my question is, you know, how do you identify um, you know, maybe let's say the source of an issue that may be causing one of your children that you notice are starting to turn down, you know, the wrong path. You know, is it, does it start with family life? Is yeah. it um, maybe a mental illness that could be taking, a, you know, a toll on his or her life? You know, whether it's a combination of those things, but, you know, how do you, you know, identify and pick through and kind of come to a conclusion to say, you know, this is a source of that. And, you know, these are the reasonings on why some of the kids may have um, certain outbursts or just certain, you know, issues that they come to school with or deal with um, outside of school. Well, it's definitely a loaded question. Um, I think the kind of environment that I strive to work with students is that when they when I share interactions with them it is almost like a blank slate like I want them to know that I'm not going to prejudge them for anything that they have done but my words are kind of always I want to give them tools for their toolbox moving forward and if we work together, we're working to become better. So if I see the same thing over and over again, it's almost like we have to, we have to uncover, you know, the root of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, that it can stem from, like you said, a variety, a variety of different obstacles. um, But students are not their circumstances. And that is something that I try and really kind of drive home to, anyone who I work with, you know, because you are going to see students from different backgrounds, different, you know, socioeconomic statuses, different family life. And sometimes students are dealt the best cards in the deck and then others are unfortunately not as lucky. And you just really have to reinforce that you are the driver, you know, you are the only person who can control where you go in life and you definitely can have circumstances that kind of make things harder or easier, but you are not those circumstances. And so, you know, when students share negative interactions, it's, I think, you know, it's important to be restorative because if we shame students and we punish rather than teach, I think we're only kind of really kind of creating a cycle, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes, you know, as corny as it may sound students who, you know, may act poorly towards other students, feel poorly about themselves in one way or another, you know, so getting to the bottom of that and just really kind of opening up a dialogue um, and letting them know that like, hey, you know, what you said or what you did, you know, really hurt someone. Have you ever felt that way? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of really providing a safe space to explore um, what could be at the root of the concerning issues and then just kind of, you know, putting a team together from there and helping the student 
like you kind of said, be their best self. That's awesome. Um, yes. And just like you said, you know, at the end of the day, like you, whatever deck of cards you are dealt, I thought that was a perfect uh, comparison and analogy that you are, you know, behind the wheel and the decisions you do make could impact that drive ahead. But if you want to ensure, you know, a smooth drive and, you know, there's definitely going to be speed bumps yeah, throughout sure. everyone's life. Uh, but definitely at the end of the day, uh, perfectly said. Um, and thank you for answering that question. Definitely something uh, for those listening um, going forward would be definitely good advice and just something to note. Um, brilliantly said um, by you. And thank you for that perspective. Yeah, um, and lastly, um, before we do let you go uh, again, it's been awesome bringing you on the show. Love to have you again sometime. Yeah, of course. Uh, your insight is fantastic. And I know that you um, are, like I said, sometimes it may feel like you're in a million directions, but just taking uh, some of your valuable time just to hop on our show uh, truly does mean the world. Lastly, just in general, um, you know, uh, the title of our podcast, Nikki, is Warriors of the Good. And Steve kind of touched on it a little bit. And so did I, as uh, we introed you in as being our guest, we did talk about, you know, helping, you know, those fight, you know, everyday battles and hopefully making the quest of life um, easier for that person day in and day out. Um, just from, you know, that word or words, I should say, you know, word of the good, what does it mean to you um, to be a warrior of the good and, you know, your own definition, your own twist, um, and just the importance behind, uh, the, the concepts, um, that, you know, we're just trying to, you know, our motto behind the show. That's really kind of, I really like that saying warrior of the good. And I think that for me, um, how I can personally kind of relate to that definition is being the best that I can in, the position that I'm in. Like I said in the beginning, I have the opportunity to really influence so many people. Um, being in a position where people seek your help and seek your counsel. Um, and so I really try and just leave every interaction with an with a positive note. You know, that I want to be proud of it and I want students to leave my office with tools, like I said, for their toolbox to take regardless of their situation that they're in regardless of their circumstances and become their own warriors you know become their own advocates and I think I am a warrior of the good through helping others find their armor wow perfectly said Steve your thoughts on Nikki's definition well you know I was about to mention even before um you uh kind of brought it over to me that I love Nikki, I love how you said in your position, because the coolest thing, the best thing, folks, about this is that everybody has their own position. Now, what Nikki was reference, referencing to was her position in her career. Now, the best thing about this and what she's talking about being a warrior of the good is that your position can be anything. It could be your position in your home. It could be your position as Nikki and Corey as a brother and a sister. It could be your position in just simply being out as a stranger in the world. That is the best part about being a warrior of the good that Nikki talked about. She couldn't have said it any better than that because your position in life, just being able to be alive, 
You have the opportunity to find the goodness inside of you. All you have to do is you have to be that warrior and you've got to fight for it. Listen to what Rocky says in the opening theme. Life is not full of sunshines and rainbows. It will beat you to the ground if you let it. Warriors don't let it. Nikki, that is about the best thing you could have said and about your position. And as I said before, I'm proud to know somebody like you. Oh, well, thank you. You know, the feeling is definitely mutual for both for both of you um, as, you know, a person that I've come across in my life that truly has influenced me and then also sharing a home and, you know, a set of folks with the one and only Corey. Um, and that's me. <laughs> you know, it, it, it really is. Um, if we kind of lead every day, you know, I'm hoping that pay it forward, karma, all the other powers that be, you know, if we take our position and we use it for good, hopefully we can to become warriors. And with that being said, Nikki, the perfect way um, to sign off from our show. Thank you so much for hopping on. Of course. Raise the good with us. Um, and that truly is a way to end an interview. And we can't thank you enough. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Been a pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. This interview was awesome. Nikki Ponarolo really knocked it out of the park. This, again, folks, what I touched on before introducing Nicole onto the show and having her on for an interview is that we want to engage with different warriors of the good and hear their perspective. I thought Nikki did a great job in delivering you know, a unique perspective from a school counselor perspective and love to have her on again sometime. And I actually will be seeing her this weekend, which is great. I'm very excited to see that. But again, it just comes to the warriors of the good that Steve and I are and, you know, our, our new mission. We're seeking to get in touch with our fellow warriors that we have made a following with and a connection to hoping we can continue to answer some of your questions. And we hope that the people that we do bring on our show, that their experiences help you continue to grow as a person. Without further ado, that is another episode, folks. Word of the day, humble, great analysis from Jeff Gross at Forbes.com. Loved the article that he provided for us. Hopefully that broke down the idea and importance of humble to all of you tuning in. Again, Corey Ponarolo alongside Stephen J. Fenton. Another episode for the books, folks. Love still in the air. Remember, as mentioned earlier, 70% off at your local convenience stores. That chocolate is going on sale. Steve signing off form Warriors of the Good. Anything you want to say? To our fans, as another weekend is here, my friend, another weekend to reconvene with the mind and spirit, continue to find that goodness. I think that after talking about being humble, Corey, and uh, our word of the day, you, and not to sound cliche, but your sister, Nicole Ponarello, exampled humble eloquently through that interview and folks it was it was an honor listening to her and i know there's some things you can take away from her just as you try to take things away from us but remember folks 
the person in the mirror. That's the person that you want to be the most humble with. We look forward and thank you. Wanna I personally, and I know Corey does too, want to thank you for all your support. I can't believe we're coming up on our almost our tenth episode. It's it's been quite a journey so far, and I know we have a further boat ride to go. So, folks, I just wanted to say a humble thank you from Stephen J. Fenn. There you go, folks. Remember, we are continuing to ride this wave. We want to hear from you. Have a question? Shoot us an email at warriorsofthegood at gmail.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at warriors underscore OTG on Twitter. Tweet us if you have a question. We'll be sure to get to it on the next show. We'll be back next week, folks. Remember, consistency is key from Steve and I. Consistency is key. We love having you in, and we love bringing on, whether it's fellow warriors of the good, whether it is just Steve and I trying to break down everyday life, this, that, and the third, hopefully allowing you to find that goodness, battling each battle, war, whatever it may be, and ultimately finding your goal down the road here on Warriors of the Good. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Like Steve said, episode 10 nearly here. Something special in the books? Who knows? Start your weekend off right, folks. Thank you again for joining. We will see all of you in seven days. Adios from Corey and Steve. Bye-bye now.